Welcome to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast, sponsored by Alltag and thanks to our supporting partner, Aura. Also, now my guest this week is Bjorn Peterson. Bjorn is the CEO at Deep North. Now, Deep North are an AI-based computer vision company, improving operations and the customer experience in the physical world. Now, they provide solutions uh, in many, many sectors, but crucially for us in retail and for brands as well. Now, prior to Deep North, you're thinking, I know that name, or Bjorn impressively served as the president of Sensomatic Solutions. He's also held global leadership roles at Hewlett Packard and EDS. And a little look on his LinkedIn profile will also tell you that he impressively holds a dual master's degree in computer science and business administration. Bjorn, welcome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I have to say, and I do this on a few guests, you're one of those people, if you put your name into LinkedIn or Google in our in our industry, um, your CV comments and uh, accolades and activities are quite long and very, very varied. You've done some interesting stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was very fortunate. You know, I had the opportunity to work in different parts of the world and uh, across different industries. So that... Um, that helps you to shape perspective. Yeah, there, there you go. So look, before we go any further, so I've had the, uh, the the pleasure of getting to know a little bit about Deep North over the last year or two, but for many, it might be a new name. So come on, before we get into you, your background and what's going on, tell me a little bit about the business, what it does, what it sort of uh, looks to, to, to help uh, retailers, brands. I know lots of the sectors with as well. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure. Um, so Deep North is um, a technology company that's founded and anchored in the Silicon Valley. Um, they have created um, a computer vision platform, an AI-based computer vision platform over many years. Um, and really what the platform does is it captures data in the physical world and um, makes that information available about the physical world in real time the platform can be used, as you mentioned earlier, across multiple industry sectors, but we are focusing actually on retail and the mall space. And really, when you when you look at retail and you look at the true uh, predominant channels, e-commerce and the store, what we are observing is an information discrepancy. In, in the e-commerce world, the retailer knows when people come to the virtual store. They know what merchandise they interact with. They know what they put in the basket. They know what they take out of the basket. They know how much time they spend in the store and they know what they buy. They know who they are. They have a lot of information. And because of that information density, they can optimize the operations for e-commerce and they can be very proactive and interactive with your consumer. If you compare that with the knowledge in the channel that is still consuming the majority of the capital, which is the physical channel, um, they know hardly anything about what is happening in real time or near real time. So what we are attempting to do is bridging that information gap and providing a similar level of information about the physical store as a retailer has about their e-commerce operation. And, and, and I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm sat there listening to that and, and anybody that knows the amount of data that's available on on customer activity online must be sitting there thinking good grief i've had a fraction of that for in store it's going to be transformational but am i writing so you take all of this information and then package it up in a sort of uh some format that that the retailers can can digest but then 
I'm thinking, who's going to use this? Where do you see this being used? Is it is it merchandising? Is it the store planning? I mean, you're probably going to tell me all of them, aren't you, with the amount of data that's coming out? Yeah, I, I, I think there's that's the beauty, right? There's multiple users uh, for that information. I would, in general, categorize the users between, sto between store-based users, so people that actually operate the store day-to-day, and people that are in the back office that do, you know, analysis over longer time frames, trend analysis, comparisons between stores and regions, et cetera. Um, and then from a departmental point of view, those fall into clearly operations. They fall into marketing and merchandising. Uh, but because our platform is uh, doing some loss prevention and security use cases as well, the asset protection folks uh, normally have a voice in this as well. So, so what I'm also hearing there is that because uh, one of the the challenges often is, you know, was where does the budget come from? And some of the most successful projects and and integrations and rollouts are where multiple departments get benefit, and then the actual budget can come from various departments, which generally helps it, you know, things get over the line. I'm guess you're nodding, so I guess it's difficult to get all of the departments aligned, but when you do, it's probably an easier sell is it because there's lots of people that see the benefit that's true you know you normally normally always have a champion one department that you know discovered deep north and has a set of use cases that are the primary use cases that are uh, destined to make the business case for the retailer but then when they explore with us what the platform can do suddenly the colleagues appear in the meetings because they all have an interest and then we normally map out you know, what use cases we would use uh, on go live date, which ones we would introduce at a later point in time, which ones would be some where the requirements are so specific that we have to do a little fine tuning, little development. And then we are basically going on a journey. But we the, the, the difficulty that I see for retailers is there are so many kind of point solution and niche solutions that if you want to get to a holistic view, you got to deploy all of these different solutions. They no, don't necessarily talk to each other. So, I mean, it's very complicated for the retailer. We are trying to use one platform for multiple use cases and, you know, work with our customers on what their priorities are and then lean into the next wave of, of priorities as we go. And, and, and everybody loves one platform that can tell them, multiple pieces of information opposed to a, a raft of them. So look, we'll come back to, to Deep North in a moment, but I have to say, I'm really interested in your background. You know, really great pedigree, lots of big players, but but do me a favor, go way back when, young Bjorn, short trousers, peering out of the window at, at school. What was the, was the dream to be responsible for billion dollar businesses in the, in the retail sector? Was that, was that, always the sort of the, the the aspiration i'm interested in the thread and then i want you to end up by telling me what brought you and attracted you to deep north yeah it's it's a really good question um you know as all young people you go through these phases you have no idea what you want to be uh you you meander from you know younger age you want to be a fireman <laughs> then maybe a teacher because you're going to school and you kind of can wrap your head around that uh, but eventually, you know, the business world attracted me and I had uh, probably a level of overconfidence when I was young because I thought I could be a CEO. 
uh, I didn't know anything, mind you, right? Uh, was just a normal young man, but but I had the confidence that I could become somebody like that. And then um, I entered EDS, as you mentioned earlier, and I went through uh, the School of Hard Knocks. So um, any you know overly aggressive ambitions uh, got knocked out of you by facing the customer <laughs> and the complications. But I had a wonderful time with them. They um, you know allowed me to work with them in Europe and Asia and in the United States as well. Um, I had a ton of on-the-job growth and training, but they were very good to me as well. They sent me to the London Business School. They sent me to Thunderbird University. They gave me uh, into the care of a management academy in Germany. They had Stephen Covey training for me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, I mean, fantastic. Um, and, and when I think back over the long years with them, there are some truths that I still operate with today. You know, one is the customer is always in the center of everything. So if you're not customer centric, you're kind of losing the plot. So that was ingrained in us. Um, and the other thing that was ingrained in us is no matter what you think or what you might say or promise, at the end of the day, you actually got to deliver. And because the customers that you deliver to are big, you got to deliver at scale and in quality. And then the last one is any operations that you build needs to be, you know, uh, excellent in what it delivers, but it needs to be built for leverage as well. Otherwise, you can't grow your business. So there are key learnings out of these early years that I will never forget. And I will be uh, for always uh, very thankful for that. And to your point, I then joined uh, Hewlett Packard. Now, Hewlett Packard then was what is Hewlett Packard today, plus Hewlett Packard E, right? Hewlett Packard Enterprise, plus DXC, plus a few software companies. So it was mind boggling complex. It was a $110 billion company. And the, the challenge that we I worked on is how do you bring this, 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 this enormous potential to a customer? with all these divisions and all of these different solutions and so on. It was fascinating, complicated, but fascinating. And from there, you know, um, to your point, I went to Sensomatic. It was very, very different. Uh, Sensomatic was predominantly a transformational challenge. You know, how do you get a new culture into the organization? How do you rebrand the organization? It was actually Tyco Retail Solutions when I joined. Um, how do you change the go-to-market? How do you get innovation back into the portfolio? How do you change, because of that, engineering and product management, and then subsequently manufacturing and supply chain, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, enormous um, transformational um, needs, and we made good progress. I think uh, there's still some work to be done, but really good progress. And Deep North is um, a very, very different challenge. It's a very young company. It has an excellent product. And um, the challenges is more, how do you take a young organization, get the organization focused on a certain set of customers and a certain set of uh, product capabilities and then execute and do all of that while you keep the shareholder happy because you are, you're requiring some funding obviously in the early stages. So that's a, a very, very different uh, challenge actually. And, and what was it? So, you know, EDS, Hewlett-Packard, Sensomatic, you know, big, large uh, entities. 
what convinced you to make the shift to, you know, it's it's past startup, but but a growing business. Yeah, it's got to be much more hands on. A lot of the processes won't be in place. Did uh, uh, did the phone call go and say, you know, come and make us a grown up business? Did you think, oh, I need a more entrepreneurial challenge? What what was the sort of the tipping point, or was it the this is really good technology. I want to go and play with that. What, 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 yeah, what, what I, I think it was a, a, a confluence of factors, actually. You know, the, the founder called me and said, hey, I think I need help. So we had a few conversations and the board called me and said, give me your perspective. And so, you know, I talked to a few people in the business and then went to a board meeting and kind of gave them my perspective of where's a business set in the landscape of um, the target markets, the competition, the, the capabilities, right? So the, the, the typical uh, kind of diagrams that you that you draw, draw as, a, as a management consultant, essentially, to position the business and the, the potential trajectory. And that discussion led to, you know, we really would like you to join. And I was like, to your point, well, do I really want to do this? It's a, it's a smaller organization, but, um, I actually saw the possibility of the excitement to take something that you can still shape very much and, and move it forward, um, probably at a different pace than what you can do with a very large organization where you, know, you have all kinds of complications uh, that you need to work through. So you tend to move at a, at a slower pace. And uh, so far that has been proven to be true, right? So we. We worked through, um, uh, you know, a few few kinks and so on that were in the business, but uh, the speed at which we can move, uh, if I even compare that with what was to me a somewhat small organization with the one billion dollar in Sensomatic, right? That I thought, you know, you can from a dollar point of view easily get your hands around. Um, the complication in Sensomatic was that it was mind-boggling complex with different business models, geographies, et cetera. But, but this one, um, I thought, you know, um, you can move faster. And even compared to a Sensomatic, if I compare the speed of how quickly we can release an NPI to the market, how quickly we can um, adjust towards a customer requirement, it's just night and day, right? It's just night and day. And, and, and it's, that's fun, actually. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I can imagine it being uh, a world of different from uh, from the big corporate structure to, uh, you know, you make a decision, somebody does it, and then it's out the door in a in a relatively short period of time. Um. So, CEO, how would you describe your role within the business where you are at, at the minute? Yeah, I I I think it's um, you know, a balancing of different requirements. Um. Starts with the customer. Right? It's always about the customer and and generating demand and fulfilling demand uh, to the customer. That's always number one. But then obviously I have shareholders, right? So I have to um, look out for the shareholders. I have a lot of dialogue with the shareholders. We have uh, actually monthly board meetings. You know, a lot of companies have them quarterly, or so we have them actually monthly where we interact with the shareholder. Um, so there's a lot of work around the shareholder uh, getting on the same point of view of how we want to move the business forward, what investments we need for that, how we should prioritize things, et cetera. The third one is people, right? I mean, 
any organization, if it's you know a big organization like HP or EDS or a mid-sized sensomatic um, or, or a smaller one like ours, it's all about people. At the end of the day, the people makes a difference and people um, finding the right talent, providing the right environment for the people, ensuring that the funding is here for the priorities, et cetera. Um, that's, that's a big part of the job. And then it's obviously strategy and strategy execution, right? So the fine tuning of the strategy, the constant learning around the strategy, and then execute, execute, execute. And, 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 and I'm, I'm hearing all of that, and that is just a huge remit. I mean, other than preparing for those monthly board meetings, I mean, you know, what on earth does the day-to-day... I mean, I imagine it's it's hugely varied. I mean, it's you know, it's not as yeah. structured as a big corporate. You open the laptop in the morning, and and I can imagine you pulled in ten different directions. I mean, it, 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 is that the reality of a of a of a morning for you? I I think it is, and it's the same as you know, if you're president of Sensomatic, or so it's the same, right? Um, you have a, a governance structure that you follow, so there are certain. Um, structured interactions that happen on a regular basis, be it with the board, the employees, the customers, that give you kind of a consistent structure. And obviously the financial calendar gives you a structure, the HR calendar gives you a structure, right? All of this gives you structure. Um, and you try to execute in that structure, but then to your point comes the, okay, it's eight o'clock in the morning, you get a phone call that you didn't expect and, um, you got to somehow uh, deal with that, right? Um, and then that's the reality. It's a reality for anybody who leads a business of any size. So, yeah, exciting stuff. So look, I'm a large retailer, maybe a brand or a shopping mall. Why would you say I would need to talk to, to, to Deep North, to you guys? You know, I hear about the capabilities, but but what's the, what's the elevator? You know, what's it going to give me on a day-to-day, do you think? Yeah, let's let's maybe, you know, we talked a little bit about retail earlier and we can come back to that, but let's maybe talk about it, the mall as well. Um, you know, what we can do for the mall is really helping them with, I would say, three things, the operations. So that's the security of the facility. It is management of parking, management of people flow, management of, believe it or not, trash. Right, because uh, trash in today's world, there's a cost associated with, with it and how you manage trash is important. Um, how you manage the facilities is uh, helping you know, the customer experience. So operational elements that we help with. Secondly, ultimately the person who owns the mall is a leasing organization that is making money on lease contracts with the tenants. So they need to understand um, if, the tenant is operating in a way that is optimal for both parties or if it could be helped. So the understanding of the customer flows in and out of the tenant, the success of the tenant in conversion, um, the interaction of the customer journey from one tenant to maybe the food court and then to another tenant, all of these things um, you try to understand to optimize your lease portfolio and your leasing strategy. And then uh, last but not least, they are doing events, marketing events, right? There might be an opening, there might be 
uh, a family event that's a stage, and they want to understand around their marketing dollars, what is the return on that investment? Um, and then you have obviously trend analysis over the holidays. Did our holidays this year perform better or worse than holidays last year? And why is that, et cetera, et cetera. And we can basically provide one computer vision platform to do all of that. We do not care which cloud you use. We do not care what server you use, notwithstanding that we work with Hewlett Packard Enterprise and with Dell, um, which tend to be the kind of predominant server um, providers anyhow. Uh, but, but if you had a different server, that's fine, as long as it fulfills certain um, criteria uh, for us. Um, we don't care what cameras you use. You can use any um, IP-enabled camera that gets to a minimum spec for us, and you, you can maintain all of those relationships that you already have. We are not getting in the middle of any of that. Um, and we can run our platform, leverage essentially the investment you have already made, your capital investment. We um, use cameras that are in retail. Um, we use a lot of the existing security cameras. And now, depending on the use cases, we might augment uh, some of the camera footprint. But in, in the, the majority of cameras are already there. Mm. So the capital is already deployed. And we are just using that same camera stream to do additional use cases on the capital you already spent. And the other thing we pride ourselves on is we run these algorithms on the edge. They are 100% GDPR compliant, so there's no compliance issues. Um, and we are running them extremely efficiently. So the, the, the footprint you need for the processing is surprisingly small mm -hmm. compared to you know, some other players that do similar work in this technology. Um, and you know it's deployed at scale, it works. Uh, we are partnering with NVIDIA. That's really the, uh, the graphics chips that we use. Uh, we are partnering with IBM. We are partnering with HPE. We are partnering with Dell. So I don't think they all can be wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we got something. Okay. And that's an impressive list of, of partners there. So amazing capabilities, but as you say, there are you know a few other people sort of uh, in the space as well. What do you think sets Deep North apart from you know the sort of the competition, if you like? What what makes Deep North stand out as as the one that you'd be saying actually you need to talk to us and work with us? Yeah, I, I would say it depends a little bit of you know what use cases you do. In the mall space, I haven't found a more complete platform than ours mm. uh, among the competition. So I, 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 there's other players, obviously, but nobody has the same completeness of platform mm. as, as we do. Uh, in the retail space, I would say um, the majority of the installed solution today are the traditional traffic solutions. Mm. And the base technology that these solutions use is unfortunately limited in the number of use cases they can cover in high accuracy. So really the underlying technology has reached a point where it needs to be refreshed, but all of the algorithms that they have built is built on that technology. So you cannot just flick a switch, right? And say, I become a different company. You have to completely re-engineer your stack. Um, that's not easy. So they continue to sell what they have always been doing. And 
what we're doing is so much richer. We can do everything these guys can do. And then there's a long list, what you can do on top of it. So if you, you know, consider deploying a platform like this, or you need to refresh your traffic solution anyhow, you just have way more potential with a platform like ours than, than sticking with the uh, generation of technology that most of these players are using. No, no wonder when I spoke to one of your sales team, they were uh, uh, they were very happy to be uh, working with Deep North. And it's quite quite a nice pitch to be able to go in and say uh, we can do all of this and more. So, look, with all this amazing stuff going on, um, how big can this business get? What What's what's the vision? I'm sure the shareholders sat there going global domination. But come on, just you and I talking. How big is this going to get this year? And then where is it going to go? Yeah, I mean, look, um, obviously global domination is a dream, but but let's be realistic. We are we are, you know, we are not uh, a company of that size at this point. So our core markets that we focus on right now is North America and Europe. Those are the two core markets that we focus off. We have some activity in Latin America, we get requirements from the Middle East, et cetera. So that happens. But it's not, you know, where we are actually proactively focusing. If we get inquiries in, we'll we'll look at those and see how they uh, fit in our um, priority stack. Um, but it's really North America and Europe, that, which is our main focus at this point. In those markets, um, we are focusing on large players. So we are not focusing on SME businesses, which you could think, you know, maybe these guys are trying to get in at the SME business level. We're not. We're we're working uh, basically exclusively for blue chips, uh, for big players, and we want to work for those because I think those customers are the most sophisticated customers on the planet. They have the toughest requirements. They are the most forward leaning because they can. They have the budget, so they they in their own business have vision and innovation capabilities. That when we go jointly on the part on on a journey, it's 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 positive for both parties. So we we like to play with the big boys, and um, that then comes with tough requirements and the ability to deliver. But that's what we are focusing on. And in that space, the size of our business it really uh, is dictated by the pace at which the large players are adopting our technology and rolling it out into their store base. So this business has plenty of headroom. I mean, the sky is the limit, essentially, right? So there's plenty of growth in front of us. And this year is for us a very pivotal growth year. We have you know, conversations with uh, several very large retail organizations, actually, that um, we hope to convince to go to a larger rollout with us. And if we do, it's going to be a great journey for both parties. Yeah, exciting times. Now, I've got to ask, you've been around retail for for a few years now. Um, there's been a few sort of uh, well-publicized challenges, particularly in North America and, and Europe. What's your take on the on the sort of the retail landscape right now? Are, are, are those sort of, uh, you know, theft and uh, challenges that people are facing here to stay? Do you think it's a blip? Are you optimistic uh, about growth in in retail what's your sort of general take on on the landscape yeah um so when i look at retail i see two sets of very um 
successful retailers. It's a very large organizations and it is the, the innovators, the, the guys that are much, much smaller, but, but aggressively positioning a brand and innovating. So I think in, in either case, what you need to have is a brand. And it needs to be clear for the consumer what that brand stands for. And the experience of that brand needs to be there, no matter what channel you go through as a consumer. So I think brand it cannot under, uh, underscore more that brand, I think, is super important. The second is capital allocation, probably the stuff that nobody wants to talk about because everybody talks about, you know, crime and retail and so on, but capital allocation. If you are... If you're a retailer, you have so many needs. Technology is completely reshaping retail since now, I would say two decades. Retail is on a tear when it comes to technology adoption and spend on technology. And it is utterly confusing of what to buy, right? If you're a retailer, you're not a technologist as such. Very confusing. You have all of these different priorities. You need to obviously take care of your e-com channel. Well, do you need to have your supply chain under control and have visibility into your inventory across the supply chain? Your stores are your anchor for the experience. You, you know, so how you allocate your capital is a non-trivial issue, actually. Um, so I think that is how much capital you have and how you allocate it, I think, is, is very, very important. And getting you know, the most bang for the buck for your capital. The cross-channel execution I think is a topic, you know, we have called it omni-channel, we've called it what I, I don't know what we talked about over the years, but there's always a slightly different name. Um, but that cross-channel execution is, is a reality today. The people meander in and out of these channels throughout their day. Shopping is no longer a discrete event. Yeah? It's something that happens kind of in the background. I go on a website, I get a little information, then I have to actually do some work. Then I have a break. I go back on the on the website. I compare with somebody else. Then I kind of mentally say, okay, I should go to the store, look at this stuff. So so it it kind of it it happens, right? So how you execute across that is is super important. And that's I think where we come in, right? It is just imperative in my mind that that information gap between e-com and the physical side needs to be closed. It, they, they need to get closer when it comes to um, the, the, the same level of information density and quality. And our belief is that when you go into the physical store, computer vision is the most versatile sensor you have. There's other sensors, right? There's plenty of other sensors, but computer vision is the most versatile sensor you have. And AI-backed software is the most promising and capable software you have. And we are combining the two of them to solve this information gap issue. So we, we, we think we're onto something. So, but cross-channel cross execution is important. And then um, inventory management, mm. right? From every aspect of inventory management, the, the, the loss through theft and understanding what went out of the door and how you replenish it so that the good shopper actually can complete their their um, their shopping journey, understand how your inventory is distributed, how you can optimize your sale down to the last item at full price, which 
if you don't have RFID technology, I don't know how you do it, to be honest with you. Um, so having the right amount of inventory at the right place and the right time continues to be an eternal challenge for, for retail. And I think it will stay here. And then obviously the, the one that you mentioned as well is the consumer experience in the store. Um, the first thing is people need to feel safe. Your associates need to feel safe. The consumer needs to feel safe. So if there is a breach in the perception of safety, this is a serious issue. It is a very serious issue. And I think uh, what you see in the press and from the retailers is they know how serious this issue is. And, and they are attacking us with everything they have, which I applaud them for, because if we cannot solve that and we cannot make this uh, a positive experience, ultimately we will impact our communities negatively if these retailers decide that they need to close their stores because it's a non-profit operation because of an overwhelming amount of theft. It's not helping the community at all. So, so getting that under control and operating uh, professionally in this environment, I think is very important as well. That was a long list, which, which, it, it which is, but, but that last one, I think you, you know, you make a, you call it absolutely right there. It's not just, you know, a random retailer closing a store. It's an impact on an entire community. And I yeah. think because the impact on the communities has become so widespread, that seems to have jolted politicians, police forces, and even communities and retailers collectively to come together and go, do you know what? We need to push back against this. And that's both, you know, physical and collective willpower, but also using technology to fight back as well. So I, I remain optimistic that, um, you know, the, the tide can be turned on that and they can, retail can be, you know, remain the great social uh, and enjoyable activity that it should be. Yeah, I agree with you there fullheartedly because I think that's what it is. It fulfills a social need for society. And, and uh, we need to be very mindful about this and protect that in our communities. It, it is. It's an important fabric. So, look, final question. I know you've touched on some of this already with the grand plans and big aspirations going on. But what does 2024 look like for, for Deep North? Give me, you know, one or two goals, highlights, things that you're looking forward to. You know, yeah. you, you, you can unveil a... a a big win that's not gone public yet. What can you share with us? Yeah, we 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 have you know several um, major opportunities that we're working on towards conversion. Um, converting some of those this year will be um, very very important for both the retailer and for us. So so I think that's uh, super important. Um, Secondly, um, we will launch uh, our perimeter security solution at NRF. Um, it's already deployed in a, in a vast mall, so we know it works, um, but we will officially unveil it at NRF. So that's a, that's a, a big event for us. Um, and last but not least, we have a, a specific uh, self-checkout loss prevention solution, which we, uh, which we want to... Um, get into more stores this year. So it's running, it's it's working, but we want to get them into more stores. And we think that is uh, a good alternative to some of the other solutions that are already in the market. It's deliberately engineered very differently uh, than what's in the market today. So we we hope to have, you know, plenty of 
interesting conversations with retailers around that. Well, you've, you've just named two of the uh, the big pain points that many retailers are facing, as well as the core offering. So um, I've no doubt that 2024 will be incredibly busy for, for Deep North and, and you personally, Bjorn. I, I wish you every success. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you with your Deep North hat on. Um, I, uh, I, I look forward to uh, meeting in person in the near future. But for now, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. And I wish you a very, very successful year. Thank you, Paul. Much appreciated. Thank you for having us. Mm -hmm.